old fearless leader uh, has passed, and all the younger guys are there now. For Norton? Yeah. Check, check. Check one. All right, everybody. Check, check. There we go. Now I'm hearing myself loud and clear. Hey, everybody. This is episode 472. I keep messing that up. It should be 103. (laughs) And this is the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. And we are back at it again. Another week in the books. Um, Had some... Pretty cool stuff going on. Mostly Mr. Wiggins doing that stuff and uh, me staying home and doing the dishes back at uh, Creative Manor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we got, a, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about this week. And um, first off, there's a couple blurbs I wanted to mention as I reach for my notes. Fill the time, dude. Fill the time. <laughs> um, a couple things I wanted to mention was uh, from last week. Of course, after we wrap up last week, I start seeing uh, all this stuff. Stuff that we missed. Yeah, like stuff on... In the the two-hour episode, we missed some stuff. Yeah, believe it or not. There has been a lot of stuff in the news uh, recently about electric vehicles. Mostly uh, what I saw was uh, Tesla. Um, Just uh, Pepsi actually just took order of their first um, 100 diesels from Tesla. And Tesla was like showing the um, wait. They're doing a diesel. Yeah, or well, just... a, a giant semi, like okay, eighteen wheeler. Okay, I was like a diesel, but the electric semi, electric semi. Yeah, cool. So heavy, heavy truck industry. Yeah. And one of the listeners had actually uh, sent me something uh, about that, and then I watched it, and then I saw that on the news. Hey, this is exactly what he sent me. This is kind of crazy. So Pepsi ordered their first one hundred. And I think they only have like 200 out. Um, so that's not, if you're thinking of the whole trucking industry, think of all the semis on the road, 267 isn't a bunch, but they literally just rolled them out like last week. So, yeah, but to have them release and have 100 on order from someone like Pepsi already, yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's, other yeah. orders are coming. Other orders from Walmart and JB Hunt, who JB Hunt is all over the freaking, yeah. I mean, those are everywhere. Um Estenson Logistics, who sponsors Sammy Halbert and like Maersk, are like the only ones. Uh, I believe next year, Jake or Kenny Coolbeth. No, no, Kenny's going back to Zanotti. Sammy Halbert oh. switched teams. Oh, yeah, I think I, I read about that. Official? Can we? Uh, I don't know yet because I just uh, can we not? We're not contracted. We can. We're say not what contracted. We, want. we could speculate for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we're not. We're not professionals. We could speculate on what we think might be happening. But uh, they yeah. do sponsor Car- Colby Carlisle, and as far as I know, that's continuing. Yeah, yeah. right. Of course. Um, in this, in this, so yeah, a bunch of weird stuff. I, I also saw here in Pomona, Foothill Transit, which like we have all over here. Foothill Transit is like what does the transit here in the San Gabriel Valley in Pomona? They were showing uh, a bus they're running that charges electrically, and it's already on the street. It's not like a prototype; they're already in use there. And they pull up to what looks like a um, a st- street light. You know, it's like a it's like a lamp post with a box on it though, instead yeah. of a light. And it just charges it wirelessly. Cool. And it takes seven to 10 minutes, and it only has to do it once in the middle of its route. Oh, wow. That's great. Or in the middle of its shift or something like that. So I was thinking, dude, all this crazy stuff that we were like, hey, when they have elect- uh, wireless charging, it, it exists. Uh, well, other people are using can it. Can you apparently. imagine you pull up to a stoplight and you get a little, little Booyah. charge? Booyah. Just a little bit. You don't need much. Or like we were saying, the draggers, you know, like yeah. you could drag. I know wireless charging is a thing because of our The our problem guy. about all the wireless charging is... 
they have to figure out how to charge us for it because this is America. <laughs> yeah. You can't get nothing for free. <laughs> yeah. Tesla was ripped off for a reason. Yeah. And Shalina Moreta, of all people, was down here helping evacuate animals. Her farm and everything was like in peril just a few months ago when Sonoma and all that stuff was getting incinerated. And then I, and she evacuated a bunch of livestock. I think she has a, a cow farm and, a, you know, she had horses. And she came down to SoCal to help out because, you know, people were getting, um, having to evacuate animals here. It was bad. Uh, it terrible. still is bad. Ventura is still going. Yeah. We I could know. see the smoke at Willow over the hill. I was looking at people's Instagrams and I could see it in their pictures going, yeah. dude, that is nuts. And it's reaching the beach. I mean, Carpinteria, I was just there last so, summer. Getting up to Santa Barbara? Like it's, it's, it's nuts. nuts. It's, people don't realize when they think of California, I think they just think of Los Angeles and Sacramento and what they see in the movies of those shots of cities. Yeah, but in between, like it's actually pretty green, and we we have like the central coast. There is an agricultural hub of like at least the west yeah. coast. It's actually, of, huge. It's yeah. surprising. We grow like all the avocados and almonds that the rest of the country gets. I mean, it's it's pretty big, and so it's a lot of wild land, and um, especially there on the coast up there. And so it's easy to rip through it. And um, yeah, so so thanks, Shalina, for that. Sad news, uh, that's not that that's not sad, but the sadder news is uh, I read yesterday, I think, that Bruce Brown died. Yes. So I have heard the same thing. Yeah. I well, and we see sad. How old was he? He was like 76 or 80 or something, uh, or 86. I don't yeah. know. He was older. I mean, you know, he, he got to live a long life. Yeah. Oh, and he got to do great stuff. Yeah. He, he, you know, he made iconic movies like. Um, on any Sunday and Endless Summer and um, he made a bunch of other ones and then I think his son Dana also took over yeah you know, that's did, where On Any Sunday 2 came from yeah and he did or, and ski movies and like other surf sorry movies. I think the latest one was the next chapter there Something wasn't like On that. Any Sunday 2 back in the day but it didn't yeah. quite gain the yeah. traction I think you're right on another Sunday or something like <laughs> yeah. that not to be confused with that stupid football movie. But I mean, movie. for motorcyclists, for that movie to be that mainstream, that was huge. Yeah. You know I mean, that's... He... I mean, if you if you knew um, Endless Summer, then immediately when On Any Sunday came out, you knew it too, even if you weren't a motorcyclist. And I think for that time, it put motorcycling back into pop culture in a funny, zany way, instead of like the one percenter way that had been portrayed in like the wild one and all that stuff. So... Yeah, that's our our news tidbit. If we if we forgot anything, or you have any cool um, info um, from last week that you want to want us to follow up on, I, I I think with the electric thing that we kind of started, we might be because it's becoming an extant you know technology. We might be coming up on that um, in the near future. We might be like talking more and more about this because like hey, there's like more bikes. Speaking yeah. of which, Energica has sent me two press releases. Um, you know, we saw their bikes at IMS, but they're also going to be like the, I shouldn't, this isn't a quote from the press release. This is just what I remember from my email header. They're like the bike of the FIM, like EGP or something like that. They're going to oh, start cool. like So a, they're going to do an electric GP. Yeah. They're going to basically start like an electric GP. And that'd be cool. I mean, I think like the Formula E right now is pretty well all the same car. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So yeah. don't. Don't send me hate mail, but yeah. it's pretty much like driver skill, which is like why yeah. I like it a lot. And the spec classes sometimes kill me because like people do spec classes to save money, 
but then you have to buy parts through them. So then they jack mm-hmm. up the prices. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that aside, I think that, you know, we talked about it on the last episode, like it's not going to be long before Formula E takes over Formula One. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was talking to someone the other day, yesterday or something. Aren't Formula One cars, a lot of them hybrid now? Uh, I am not sure. Dude, I got out of Formula One so long ago uh, because it was only coming on at like one in the morning. Yeah. That's that's the other problem with motorcycle racing is that it's not televised anymore. It's really not that good, yeah. Uh-uh. And so people like don't ha- have an interest in it. And so when something big happens, like who yeah. knows? Only the like, crazy fans that devote time to it. I think the internet's helping that out. But my point was that I, I feel like even if Energica is doing like where everyone's running a spec bike and it's running their bike, um, you know, that will change. Like that's going to start the Moto E or whatever they're going to call it. But, you know, in two years or five years or 10 years, whatever it is, you know, eventually one, they're going to open it up to other brands. Like other people are going to say, no, we want to race with you too. Like they'll figure out how to limit the electric, whether it's your batteries can only make so much power or your motor can only be so big or a combination. Um, and then eventually I think it'll take over. Like they just, the technology is getting so much better so rapidly and it's already so close, especially for something like a race bike where, you know, you only need to go 50 miles. Now, granted, you know, we we know that if Valentino Rossi hops on a zero, your hundred mile an hour or hundred mile freeway range is gonna be like thirty miles. Yeah. But it's getting better and it's getting there and so why can't that Yeah, you know And they always seem to have some weird uh controller that's special to you know, that they specially mm-hmm. one off to get the most out of those. Yeah. So I'm sure they fool with those. But it's gonna be like Moto, you know, like Moto GP where racing stuff eventually translates into production stuff and so yeah. racing these things is going to make it make them want to push the batteries more if you can stay out there at full power one more lap than the other mm-hmm. guy it's it's going to basically do for com- like to commuter bikes that are electric what racing did to commuter bikes that were gas powered and um and also you know there are there are spec classes that only use one brand right now i think moto 2 is all triumph right or all they like they were suitor for a while then they were only aprilia for a while and i think now triumph is making the I'm not sure what moto 2 but what about the kids series on the the ktm 390s that one too that's another good example that the uh red bull rookies cup was yeah. like all ktm 390s the ktm 390 they had a cup i'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. where they're racing now but that was also yeah like so it does and then that those bikes get to get developed so and then eventually when you do have a Formula E, um, yeah. everyone's going to want to jump. Like Honda, like what we were talking with the, the yeah. Shindin, and Indian's going to be like, dude, we have this impulse that one pikes peak. Like we all want in on this yeah. thing. So With lightning and zero. Like, Psh, yeah. You know, there's there's enough companies now that they'll want to get into it. I, I see it only being good for everyone involved. That wraps it up basically for uh, ideas from last week's show. If you have any more that you want to send out to us, uh, email the show at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Getting into this week's show, topic A, uh, Mr. Wiggins himself was out at the the track this weekend doing flat track and road racing. And uh, I'm not going to tell you where he was, but I'll let you take it over. Where, what the hell did you do this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, didn't sleep much. No, it's like, 
I went actually I went Friday night and I'm, I'm picked a, I'm up a, yeah, uh, five minutes in this. <laughs> I picked up uh Motul uh, let Speed Merchant use this sprinter van. So I went down and picked up a sprinter van and a little open trailer and two flat well, one flat track bike and my flat track bike. And then I came home and I loaded up my Ducati and my Dyna. <laughs> so I went Saturday. So ramming speed racing, um, uh, which their focus is like vintage track day stuff for flat track and for road racing. So it's super cool track days. But we went up Saturday in road Willow flat track, which is the first time I've been on it in like three years. Only the second time I've actually been on it at all. So that was super fun. Um, camping at Willow was free. Uh, the $10 actually covered both days as long as you, you know, in the track. So that was cool. So I just, uh, I slept in the van, fired it up a couple times. It got cold. Yeah, it's been, um, <laughs> it was like in the twenties. Yeah. There it's been in the eighties, which is crazy because the, uh, the high has been in the eighties, but the low has been pretty cold. And once you yeah. get out to the desert, like Vegas and, and the yeah. flat desert out here in California, there's no cover, clear skies, yeah. just cold. So air. cold at night. Um, so yeah, so the Saturday was super fun. It's like a small three eighths, large quarter out at Willow. Uh, Nick Armstrong, who's a local pro, uh, had his Cowie twin out there. A couple other like pro kids and families were out there on four fifties in the fast class, and they just divided up like slow class, fast class, and you got to pick. I was actually getting smoked pretty bad in the fast class, <laughs> but I would have been way faster than slow class. So it was super fun. Um, it's good track, just spin some laps, but I was more excited. I think just because I've been like doing it a little bit lately, but I was more excited to ride Big Willow on Sunday. So slept at the track, got up Sunday morning, and uh, got the duck and the dyna down off the trailer and rode those on Sunday. So it was it was interesting. Like was supposed to go hot at 9 a.m. And uh, the track was cold. I mean, it was 20 degrees at night, so they're like, track is cold. <laughs> right. Like they said it. I don't know how many times, and I run street tires, so it's not as big of a deal. Like cold tires and cold track with street tires is not as critical, but at the same time, they don't work as good anyway. So there's also that. But the first guy to touch the track made it to turn three and went down. Oh, like geez. first bike on the track, first session, first lap. And uh, they said there was debris on the track. I don't know if he put it there or if he tried to blame it. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. So we waited, uh, by the time they got him off the track and cleaned up the oil spill, um, it was a little bit later and the temperature was up a little bit more. Yeah. What did he go down on? Was it a vintage? No, it was a, I think a Triumph Speed Triple. Oh, okay. So, but, so it was fun. Like I have never been on a track that big and that fast and I was definitely nervous but excited. Um, and it ended up being good. Like I did couple sessions on the Dyna felt good, like long sweeping corners and stuff. And the Dyna just, it felt pretty good, but it's just running that motor hard, like it revving it hard, <laughs> just like on the throttle so much, but it was fun. I was doing, um, a friend of mine was timing my laps and he said a conservative number was 155 and I, a minute 55. So I was pretty happy with that from my knowledge about Willow. That's a pretty decent time. I know, like the track record's like one twelve or something, but <laughs> not too uh, shabby on a Dyna, man, for right? Sure. So I didn't get timed on the Ducati. He was like, "Oh, you'll be down like one thirty on the Ducati." I think he's crazy about that, but I was definitely a decent amount faster on the Ducati. Where Streets of Willow is so technical, it's surprising because you think the big bike's going to be horrible, like on the tight corners, but it actually does pretty yeah. good. But it was the high speed where it was like losing out. Um, yeah. So I did. 
four sessions total, I think, on the Ducati. But on, uh, I think, my second session, uh, a guy I know, Heath, and you guys may see him in Instagram land and stuff, he races a Ducati Scrambler, works for Arch now, and uh, used to work for Alpine Stars. And I've done some, he's done some hooligan racing on his old Triumph. Um, but I had talked to him about, like, let me fo- or like following me or something and helping me out and he just like popped out in my session and pointed at his tail and uh, it was on the first lap and I really like to do one slow lap like I want my tires warm I want my body warm yeah and you you want to like visually get the track in before yeah. you like oh, rip it open yeah on it. I, I don't like just dropping even if it's warm and I know the tires are warm and even if I had tire warmers I don't like to drop the hammer first lap like I want to run a lap so anyway I was about not quite halfway through a lap and he's pointing at his tail. So the first lap I lagged back a little bit and he kept checking on me and he saw he opened a gap. But the second lap I opened it up and I ran some crazy fast laps for myself, like following his line and just trying to like push it and keep up. But being like being confident in tires and stuff, like when you're, cause I was following someone. So it kind of, I'm like, well, if his bike does it, mine should do it. And his is newer and I'm sure suspension's better, but I know his tires aren't as good. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he's limited on wheel size. Like he doesn't, what did Ducati Scrambler have? A 17 and an 18? Probably. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And it's not like he was running a good slick on the rear. Like they're pretty specked out. So, yeah. um, but you know, he also rides that bike a lot and races it a lot. So it was, it was interesting, but following the line and getting a little different and on my thousand monster doing 120 through turn eight was nuts yeah and it was like i know it was 120 because i glanced at my speedo and you're not supposed to (laughs) and it was like i kept wanting to glance at my speedo so i took it off the next session it was one of those like i know you're supposed to tape over it and it's never been a problem but it became a problem i just wanted to see yeah i did definitely and my speedo is like attached to my tack so i could tape up the speedo and leave the tack and then I was like, I don't even need the tack. Like it has a rev limiter on it and I'm going to shift when I'm going to shift. Like you shift by feel anyway. Yeah. So, uh, but I do know I was doing like 120 and through eight and like about 135 on the straights. Yeah. So it was, it was crazy fast, but it was super fun. And even though you're going that fast, like I was nervous cause I knew a couple guys, it was their first time on the track and a friend of mine came over and it was his first time on the track. And I was like, oh man, it's a big fast track. But even though your speed's up it's not technical or as technical and you're not on the brakes as hard. So it's actually a lot of people feel that it's less dangerous as your first track. So it's kind of debatable, I guess. Like it's, and for those that don't know, it is considered the fastest track in the West and it's because it's got, I mean, there's a, a lot of what I would consider kind of open turns that you don't, they're not like, like you said, streets is technical and there's Mm -hmm. some like second gear corners on the streets. And on this one, what was the lowest gear? Like you probably went down to third. I think third. Yeah. Probably through turn four because it was a weird technique. It was hard to see and stuff, but probably through turn four was third. I'm trying to think because I came out of the... What about turn... Like turn one off the front straight. No, like, that was fourth, and that yeah, was pretty open yeah. and fourth. Because see, I've seen some people hit that thing, and it seems like you have to. You can hear them downshifting, and it sounds like they're cranking way down. But then you watch their speed, and they carry through. Yeah, well, the front stretch it's is banked, so. Too. It, it is a little banked, and the front stretch is so long mm-hmm. that like I probably didn't have to go to six, but I was pretty wound out in fifth, <laughs> and then I would downshift twice into so into fourth into turn one and. 
was pretty good on the throttle through one. I'd open it up on the little straightaway, slow down a little bit, and then slowly roll back on it through two. And two's like a 180-degree sweeper. Yeah. And you were in that corner forever. Yeah. But it's also super fun. And, and you can't see the exit of it when you're going when you're entering it. No. Yeah. So it's a, it's because there's a mountain in the way. It's like yeah. a, it's like a crazy it's a crazy track. It's got some decent elevation change. So yeah. that was weird but super fun too yeah and and it's funny because <clears throat> pardon me it's funny because at the ramming speed and at, when i was out there you know i go to the corso whenever i've gone out there and it's always vintage bikes so you'll yeah. see like 350s out there oh yeah all the way up to you know old thousands and 1200s yeah. or whatever but when you see the and, and nsr like 125s and they're they're probably wishing they had seven speeds because <laughs> right? at some point those straightaways are so long on there's the front one and then that back one that comes down like out of the wing or whatever of the ear and um they're probably just sitting there in like fifth gear, just like counting minutes. Yeah. You know, it seems like you, you're looking like a mile down going, dude, that first corner is like a, almost a mile away. Like it feel, you know. Yeah. So, and my sport bike's not slow. Like it's a hundred horsepower bike. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I've had a lot of like sport bikes that are like 160, 170 easily. So to do like 135 and be like, I'm out of gear. That's crazy. <laughs> so that was like kind of interesting yeah. on the on the old duck. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. And how, how did the Dyna handle it? It did really well. It got a couple little wobbly spots, but not bad. Um, any, any head shake on those straights? No. It was more, what it doesn't like is changing direction at high speed. So like, into turn eight, like if you did the kink on the back stretch and then like leaned it over to turn eight, it would get a little shake and then kind of stop. But I have motor stabilizers that really help. Mm. Um, that really help a lot. So that was about it. Are and those then, like rigid mount or like rigid plates or something? Uh, they're like Heim joint, like oh, little okay. radius right. rods, mm-hmm. and they don't allow the motor to lo- move left and right. It right. can still vibrate like kind of back and forth okay. or up and down, but it can't move left and right. They almost so. like counterbalance in a way. Yeah. Um, the Dynas are designed super amazing. They mounted the swing arm to the motor, but the motor's rubber mounted in the frame. So essentially your front wheel and rear wheel can like move left and right yeah, separately. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty genius. That's why people don't like the new uh don't don't like yeah. the new um soft That's why they don't like the new soft tail because yeah, they work, they too, work good. too well. <laughs> so <laughs> too rigid. Yeah. But no, it did well. And it was funny because like it seems like every time, and we're getting to the point where people see us out there a lot. But I had a guy come up and he's like, "Man, you are killing it on that Dyna." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." I was like, "I'm gonna take my Ducati out. Like it's just a little more fun." And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I get it." He goes, "But people expect you to be kind of fast on the Ducati." He's like, "No one expects you to be nearly that fast on that Dyna." Yeah. <laughs> so it was neat. Um, you know, Eric and Tony were there, and they they're fast too. So, and uh, I Eric, he was Zach out there too. Uh-uh, just okay. Eric and Tony. Okay. And then the Blue Dino was a friend of mine that came over from Phoenix. So one oh, of my rad. old roommates, he's been wanting to ride, and he was just like, if I don't do this weekend, I don't know when I'll get a chance to again. Because I told him, like, why don't we try and meet up in Chuckwalla? But he was like, that's cool. He's like, I just don't want to, like, he's like, if I don't do it right now, I don't know when I will. And uh, so he drove, like, eight hours from Phoenix. Rad. <laughs> so he had a good time. He was not the fastest, but... You know, I, Chuck Wallace seems like it'd be so much closer to Phoenix, right? Oh, it would be. Yeah. yeah, it would be. But it was cool, like, even not being the fastest, like, super fun, like, having a good time, smiling. And 
you know, anyone that gets out on the track, like to me, that puts you a level above anyone on the street. Yeah. I don't care how someone rides the street. Like if they've never been on a track, like they have no idea, you know? So it's, it's a good stepping stone and it's a level up no matter what. And it allows you to push your limits no matter what those limits are. Uh, another interesting bike that was out there and an interesting guy that was out there was a motorcycle builder by the name of Locke Baker. So he does, um, he was on like essentially a Dyna, but it had a piggyback shock with some weird linkage. Um, I'm trying to describe like Locke's bikes. Like it was kind of raw. He's working on a Modus right now and it's rad. It's like got like eight inch T-bars or 10 inch T-bars. Like kind of looks like a club style Dyna the way you sit on it. With a modus right. hanging out Big of it. Um, but his bikes are very technical, is I think the word I want to use. Like, personally, not my favorite style all the time, but when you look at the like thought and engineering that go into it. What type of frame is he using? Does, is he making them? I think he altered, maybe altered a Dyna or maybe made the whole frame or maybe altered an FXR or someone's like aftermarket. Like, But it wasn't a Modus for sure. No, Well, this one was a V-twin, like Harley-based motor anyway. Oh, okay, um, okay. But the Modus, even the same, it's not a Modus frame. Huh. So um, as far as like, you know, super talented builder. And so it was cool to see him like take this full custom. I'm pretty sure the bike was a born free bike a couple years ago. So I'm pretty sure he's done some born free stuff. Um, I've got to meet him previously through a friend of mine, but um, it was just neat to be like, hey, here's this bike. And everyone was like oogling over it. Um, but it's cool to see like, you know, again, like it wasn't fast, but he took his bike to the track. That's something not a lot of custom motorcycle builders have done. Yeah, I admire that. Like yeah. even if you know it's not going to be fast, tell if it's like even I've seen um, people take – old vintage stuff out to do speed trial and you know it's yeah. like at Bonneville and you know it's not gonna be that fast but you just you do it because like yeah. you want to see what it is gonna do well and I, I think for him you know I don't know how much he's been on a track either so it was maybe good um, you know just experience for him and it was fun uh, another super cool bike let's see is it Earl or Early Motors Earl Motors I've heard of Earl Motors yeah the duck he was out there he's got a it's essentially, if you guys haven't seen it, um, I'm going to try and finagle my way into a kit for mine. It's so beautiful. And he needs some parts machined. <laughs> oh, wow. But um, he it's basically this like smoothed out retro flat track body that fits directly onto a Ducati Monster. So you can basically buy this body from him. Like the gas tank's molded into it. You can get it in fiberglass or carbon fiber. Um, you cut off the back of your subframe, but I looked at it like mine's already cut off where you would cut it off. You cut off like two inches. You don't even detach like hardly any of the subframe. Um, and this body kit just goes right on. Like it goes right to mounts right on all the stock tabs. Yeah. Is he the one that makes like the one piece? Is it a whole one piece? Yeah. uh, One piece tank tail. Yeah. Cool little number plates. Yeah. That's the guy. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Is it Earl? I think it's Earl. Yeah. It's got it's like one name and it's always on the yeah the the number like right below it had really unique shaped numbers oh yeah super cool font yeah um, that if I if I can pull it off if I can decide to spin the dough yeah um I think I can do my number but I was like I'll do the same font like I think it's super rad um and I I've 
I thought it was actually a sideburn cover bike, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I just saw him on the internet the other day. For someone, I was going, oh, yeah, there's those bikes. He's made like a bunch of like, uh, he made a bunch of flat tracker one offs that looked exactly the same, but different colors or something like that. So he's only, I think he's only done three of them right now. I was talking to him about this. So I'll tell you why, because I thought the same thing. Like his, that's black with red, like yeah. red lettering, there's only one. Yeah. He's and got a he set of flat track one. wheels and a set of road race wheels or the mm. stock wheels, not, not road race. So like you, you might see it a bunch of different times yeah, and you think it's a different bike and it's really not. And I think there is, there were maybe a white one and another one. And he was excited cause I have the S2R thousand. So he was like, Oh, I'd love to do one of those. And I'm like, I would too. I don't have much money. Yeah. Y'all here, take <laughs> but, mine um, as a base. Take yeah. your, you know, uh, make your, your measurements off of yeah. and then comp me. <laughs> Is yeah. that how this all works? Oh man. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to spend some dough on it, but, um, it, it's just super cool. I mean, and it's one thing I appreciate it, appreciate about it. And he, you know, even said, he's like, I'm not a mechanic. I had to do that. But, you know, for the average person, like, I mean, it's not cheap. I'm not going to spit a number because I don't want to undercut him. I want to... Oh, it's 50 bucks. Yeah. 500 bucks. I want to say it's more like 3K. Yeah. Maybe that around sounds there. Right, around maybe right. more, maybe less. I don't know. And then you might have to get it painted after. Just guess more. Yeah. yeah. And that might not be painted too. That might just be the, the body kit. But basically, like, you can go buy a Monster 6... Hundred, I don't know what all sizes they made. You know, an eight hundred, a thousand. You can buy an S two R. You can buy an S four R. The four valve motor, like they're all the same frame, right? You can yeah. get a single sided swing arm or the regular dual sided swing arm. Like they're all the same frame essentially, and his kit fits right on all of them. So some of the most underrated bikes, by the way. You know, the, the, oh, mon- love, the whole I monster love mine, line. dude. I love yeah. it. It's so versatile, so much fun to ride. Like I threw and the way his body kit is, I can keep my clip-ons. So I can go to the track with clip-ons or I can throw the moto bars back on. Like he had moto bars. Um so you know, like basically you can go buy, depending on what kind of bike you want, but you can go buy what four thousand dollar bike and spend another three on it 3500 on it something like that and have a super bitchin custom bike worth 20 thou kind of, yeah i mean if you can find someone to spend 20 thou on a custom bike that's hard at, at all but i mean you want to make your friends jealous and, or you want <laughs> you know you want a, a a custom bike that you can actually ride such a great concept and such a great like such a cool dude too but like such an easy kit you know like if you're like i'm not a mechanic but i want to do that that's it's perfect booyah so uh hey that goes right along the line of today's theme which uh we're gonna talk about building bikes in a little bit uh first i want to give a little plug to our buddies at daily bikers and then we have an interview with another artist coming up on the way we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back Hey everybody, Christmas time is just around the corner. If you need something for that motorcyclist in your life, a little stocking stuffer or something to stash under the tree, head on over to dailybikerstore.com. Daily Bikers Dan has got gift cards, birthday cards, stickers, magnets, books, notepads, cushion covers, gift wrap, all sorts of stuff for that biker in your life. Right now, featured on the homepage, he's got a motorcycle gift card there for $5.16, original European cushion for $23.02, 
and the uh, motorcycle coloring book. 33 pages of awesome motorcycle artwork for you to color however you see fit. Uh, that's for $7.94. Why the crazy uh, prices, you ask? Well... It's Australian dollars, baby. So when you transfer it over to U.S. dollars or Canadian simoleons or uh, British pounds, it's going to be a little bit different in each market. Regardless of the price or regardless of what you pay with, be it beads, pelts, or actual coins, go over to dailybikerstore.com, grab something for that special biker in your life today. Merry Holidays! All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are going to get into an interview with somebody that is a good friend of the show. Uh, The theme of this week's show is building a bike. And this person has just rebuilt a bike in record time. And you know him from past episodes. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into our interview. All right. Hey, guys. We are here with a famous, world famous, uh, well, at least on creative writing, uh, returning guest. We got Chris Singsheim in the house from the frozen uh, north and chris can you tell us what's the temp right now is it uh, it's it's been like i don't know like high 70s here today we're we're really cold what's the temp like where you are it's uh, it's 26 degrees and my fingertips are white <laughs> <laughs> well you, your fingertips are always white but uh, i imagine right now it's because uh, and is that inside your house it's 26 i i hate to think of what it is outside yeah outside it's terrible <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I just got joked on by the uh, motorcycle man cause it was 21 and, and, uh, you know, it was like 50 here in the morning and I was complaining about that, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I can't complain. It's, it's going to be in the seventies here. So I couldn't imagine, uh, being in the twenties, man, like that's like your three high. Da- three days ago it was 60. I was playing with the motorcycles outside. Yeah. Speaking of and playing. Tanked. Right. Speaking speaking of playing with the motorcycles, you are on a rampage. We heard your uh, your email for your your call for help to the misfits when you were asking them uh, basically to help you quit buying motorcycles. What's your tally now? Uh, I'm up to four. Man, four running and riding on bikes. I know that's like unprecedented. That's a hundred percent. I don't know of any motorcyclist that's a hundred percent unless they just have one bike. So that's right? amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have two, and only one's running. So <laughs> they both were not a good percentage there. <laughs> no, no, they both were, and then uh, took a turn. So uh, I got to get mine dialed in too. Um, so we'll talk. Let's talk first about your your recent uh, acquirement. You got a you got a DR right, a DRZ. Yeah, I bought a O2 DRZ 400 E model. So it's not the street legal version; it's just the the off road version. Mm-hmm. Um. Bought it for a thousand bucks in non-running condition, but a complete bike. And the story was that it had uh, the exhaust cam on those bikes has a compression release mechanism. Oh yeah, right. And that ha- that had failed, and it actually ate up a bunch of stuff in the top end of the motor. So the guy that I purchased it from, he had the motor repaired and put back in the bike, and that was all the farther they went with it. So I kind of bought it, not knowing really what I was getting into. And I just kind of went in with the mindset of this is a quarter of the motor that I normally work on all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. I can't fix. Right. Right. So I, the whole deal took five minutes. I saw it. I'm like, it's a complete bike. We threw it in the back of my truck. I gave him money and I was out of there. 
God, that's awesome. And, and the fact that you, uh, yeah, like you obviously tear down your motors all the time. I mean, you've torn them down between races before. And uh, if anybody pays yeah. attention to your uh, Facebook page, you, they'll see you're doing some pretty complex teardowns. So, yeah, this must have been like a piece of cake for you. Dude, I can't even tell you how fun it was because it, it's it was a different type of work compared to the drag bike stuff where everything is custom and fabbed and you got to kind of make it work for what I'm trying to do. With with this, it was as simple as it was just all nuts and bolts, just maintenance and mechanic type stuff. There's right. no no custom fit in this, that, and whatever. It was like such a stress relief to work on something simple. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see, uh, let's see. Regular bike build takes about I don't know six weeks. Did did uh, did you hit that six week mark on this thing? No, uh, <clears throat> I think I owned the bike for three weeks and in 11 days of actual working on it, I completely stripped it. Uh, I repainted the frame, cleaned everything, every bearing seal, wiring harness, top end transmission. I went through everything on the bike and in 11 days of work, I was riding it. <laughs> Dude, that's like puts most people to shame. <laughs> like I saw your, <laughs> I saw your pictures. Yeah. You, you took it down to, to the frame, like literally yeah. and put it back together 11 days. God, I can't even get parts organized in 11 days for half the stuff when I'm fixing it. So uh, what's funny is the night that I picked the bike up, I kind of, I was, you know, at night, of course, you know, who buys a motorcycle at night, <laughs> but I, uh, I looked it over while it was in the back of my truck when I got it to my shop and I'm like, just eyeballing stuff real quick. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need this, this, that, and that. And I went home, the bike sat in my garage for three days before I even saw it again. And then Friday I had already a box of parts show up for it. So I bought it on a Tuesday and Friday. I was tearing it down. <sighs> that's so rad. That's that's such a good feeling. <clears throat> excuse me, when you have just a box of parts waiting to go on, and it's just like yep. like you said, bolting it up. You didn't have to fab anything. You didn't have to like uh, get anything to fit. You just bolt it on. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just maintenance and rebuilding. Uh, I heard it running too. I I uh, been I've been scoping your page and watching it, and it, it's awesome. That that thumper just sound is just rad. Did you get it? plated or something or did you get it so that you could take it on the trails and all that yeah i registered it for uh up here we have to register with the dnr for off-road bikes so now i can ride all of the they call them ohm so off-highway motorcycle oh right yeah okay. i can ride i can ride all the ohm trails but because it's not registered with the department of transportation because it's not a plated bike i can't ride the trails that cross or ride down like state roads yeah so I'm I'm limited, but I. That's funny you mentioned that because my DOT conversion kit just showed up tonight. <laughs> Dude. So, yeah, I, I got all the like the the you know the right hand and left hand control assemblies, the starter and the kill and the blinkers and the horn button. Right. Uh, the tail light, headlight, horn, uh, the actual horn itself showed up. Rad. So so, so by gotta, t- by uh, this weekend probably it will be street legal too. <laughs> uh, it's possible. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna sit on that for a little bit yet because I think for now I just want to get out and go ride it. There's a couple, couple parks and trails that are pretty close by to me that I can go ride. So maybe yeah. Saturday I'm gonna hit some trails. Now that the temps have dropped down below freezing, because uh, everybody listening, like in Canada and everywhere else, 26 <laughs> uh, degrees Fahrenheit is like well below zero Celsius. Um, now that now that they're below freezing, there you can take it out on the ice and put studs in the tires and all that fun stuff. 
that's the plan. I really I want to get it out on the dirt and just kind of shake it down and make sure everything is going to work all right. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to stub the tires and go do some ice riding. God dang, that sounds like so much fun. We have we have a bunch of rivers, like the main one's the Fox River, right by my house here. But uh, when they freeze over, it's basically like nature's ice road course. Yeah, yeah, you got and you got to figure it's like a it's like a highway through towns, right? Like just totally, go, yeah. go up river. <laughs> yep. Yeah, until, cool. until you hit water and then uh, turn around and come back. <laughs> exactly. God, they actually that, do river races all year. That sounds like so much fun. I always look at stuff like that when I'm driving out here. You know, I look at rivers and streams and ravines, and I always think, like, in the summertime here, that stuff dries up. And I always think mm-hmm. about how much fun it would be to trace the path down, you know, through the woods and all this stuff. And you guys actually get to yeah. do it. That sounds, that's, like, awesome. Yeah, uh, like, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to do that in probably, man, 15 years, I think. Yeah. You're getting back to a, your roots. Bike with studs. Yeah, right, right. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. It's been about uh, probably that long since I had a dirt bike too, and I and I was thinking maybe even longer than that. And uh, I was like, man, I can't. I I've been seeing everybody rip around on them recently, and I kind of want to get you know go get an old. I don't even care if it's clapped out. You know, I'll do the same thing you did. Fix it up and and uh, yeah. s- spend my kids' um, college money on on fixing it up and getting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. The, well, the cool thing was, like, everybody was like, for the price I spent total to get this thing running, people are like, well, you could have bought one that was already running, or you could have went and bought, like, a full-on, like, motocross bike or something. And I'm like, you, you don't get it. Like, I wanted something that I was going to go through nut and bolt start to finish. And is also like the most common bike ever made for parts. There's nothing I can't get for that thing that if I break, I can't get in like two days. Oh yeah. Yeah. And spares galore and all that great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a smart deal. And, and every single time you pop a wheelie or, you know, peel out or something, you know, it's a nitrous Chris burnout and wheelie (laughs) and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, some, you know, you didn't really, buy it because I, I know i know you if you would have bought it you would have gone through it anyway and you probably would have yeah you know done some stuff to it anyway so this this way you just started with your almost fresh thing and and, uh, and went went with it yeah so that's cool what uh speaking of of being cool uh what have you got now that now that the temperatures are cooling you got any plans big plans for your race bikes uh I'm going to do a little bit of cylinder head work to it because right now it is just a stock head. Like, there's no fancy port work or nothing done to it. Oh, my God. So, Nitrous, yeah. Nitrous Chris was running the stock head. Yeah. But it's it's kind of a mud of a motor. I don't know if I ever told you what was all done to that, but the the bike itself is a 03. The cylinder head is an 07. The throttle bodies are off an 05. The injectors are out of a Honda S2000. It's just a mud of stuff that works. Yeah, yeah. You're you're nothing, like nothing tied out. Yeah, you're you're like Doctor Frankenstein. You put a bunch of pieces in a random thing, and and it came to life. So that's pretty rad. Yeah. Where did you finish on uh, this year's top? Did you finish in second, right behind Michelle? Yeah, second place. Yeah. Were you bummed I, uh, about that? No, it was because I mean, it. I, I tried and. What happened is at the track we run at at WIR on Friday nights, it it gets dark and it gets cold pretty quick, and the track is questionable for traction. 
And I knew I didn't have enough to beat Michelle on just motor. So I knew I was going to have to spray it to beat her. And the track just wouldn't hold the power. So I probably would have made a better pass running on just horsepower. Yeah. Because when I, when I tried to spray it, it was just, it was spin city. Yeah. Lit it up I, and slowed I, I you down. Honestly, catch her. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I'm I'm super proud of her because when we talked to her last year, you know, she said she was telling us all the prep work she was doing, and even you, when you talked to us, uh, you know, you guys talked to us a couple times last year, and you mm-hmm. said that she, you know, she's putting in the work and and the time, and so it was cool to see her on on the top there. She was so pissed when. Uh, Guy Bellinger came in and, and stole it uh, last year. You know, the, the, the like the last race or something like that, or the last round. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we all, short on weather on that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is that she was so mad because right after that it kept <laughs> raining. And then this year, I feel like I jinxed you guys every single time. I said something on the show, it would rain. And then you were sending me stuff like, dude, my camping trip even got rained out. And this guy, and I was like, oh my God, like it was such a wet winter or a wet summer for you guys that I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, so that's just kind of funny. And then to have her finish on the top this year, almost by attrition because people were breaking down, people were getting broke like Goldmeyer and, and she finally just like had to stay there on the top. So (laughs) That whole list, like, it's just, we're running up different this year now, but the whole thing, it's just survival. Yeah. Like, it starts out like you want to be the fastest to, that you know, you want to be faster than everybody else on the list. Then it turns out in, you know, three races in, it's, I just want to not break like everybody else on the <laughs> yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the last race. It's like, I just want my bike to stay together for one more pass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, please, please. Or the tire to last or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. There was some great, great drama. Had the weather held out, I think the the you know the series for, for last year at least would have been, or for this year, I guess, would have been uh, super dramatic because there was that time right toward the end uh, well, right in the middle, actually, when people were like, parts were coming in and people were really fighting. It was before everybody started to break their stuff. I don't know if it broke yeah. because they got like too crazy and just tried to try to go on what they had. But yeah, it really was shaping up to be a pretty excellent, you know, as far as drama and like excitement and who is actually going to yeah. take it and the two lists. And then it just started to, you know, crumble in with the weather and all this and that. And then the two, and then, you know, toward the end of the season, people started to bail and then t- the two lists kind of turned into one. Cause at that point it was like, like I said, the attrition took over and there was barely enough people to run two lists. So yeah. you guys got it set up a little bit different next year where you're going to actually run. I, I, I looked over it briefly, but, um, I'm kind of in the dark on how it works. How is it going to, how's it going to break down? And is it going to be able to keep Michelle, just from staying on top by just surviving, basically. The uh, um, <clears throat> the way the list is going to run this this next season now is we're basically going to start from scratch. So now there is no longer there's no number one or there's no number ten right now. So what's going to happen is the way the list used to run is you had to do all your callouts and you know the the faster bikes worked their way to the top. And, you know, the, the fastest bike in theory should end up number one and then you know, right on down the list. Right. But what happened with that is we have such a huge variety of bikes on the list that it always ended up being like the top three bikes constantly racing each other, the middle three bikes constantly racing each other, and then the bottom of the list always racing each other. Right. Because the, the different level of bike, they couldn't beat 
the faster of the, the mid-pack to get up there, and they weren't fast enough to contend for the top of the pack. So it was just, it was basically three mini lists inside the top 10. And it it got to be kind of, I don't want to say boring, but we wanted to see more variety of races, different people racing different people. So what we decided to do this year is now having the faster bike is still going to be to your benefit, but every round of racing, so we get four rounds usually each night, so every round we're going to draw cards and it's going to be random pairings. No matter who you, you know, who you race, it could be, uh, I might have to race a stock wheel based bike or two stock wheel based guys might race each other, you know, whatever it pans out to be. And all we're doing now is points. If you win a race, you get two points. If you lose the race, you get one point. And if you don't cross the finish line, you don't get any, say you break on the starting line or something, you get zero points. And now it's going to all, fall to the, the luck of the draw basically so like uh, a stock wheelbase bike or even one of the slower bikes on the list could get four wins in the night by just luck of the draw by drawing someone that's equal to or slightly slower than them so now it's about just getting wins not necessarily beating the faster bikes you just need wins to collect points and at right. the end of the year we should have you know, it could, it could be one of the slower bikes on the list could be number one. If they ended up with the most wins, you know, didn't have any breaks where they got zeros or anything like that. Yeah. And then we're doing bonus points each round for best reaction time. So nobody's giving up ETs or anything. But any bike has a chance, any bike, any rider has a chance at a good reaction time. Yeah. So each round, if you have the best reaction time, you get one bonus point. So hopefully that'll help not you know when we're running any ties that way right no and that makes sense it's kind of it is a lot cooler i mean the way you guys were running it was basically in the past uh, we always made sure to mention that it was like based off the real street outlaw show you know and Mm -hmm. um like the heads up grudge matches and all that stuff and uh and yeah i could see how that's just going to basically be uh, the same guys just like moto gp same guys on top all the time and yeah. and uh so yeah that that's a good i think that's a cool way to do it and it's also kind of like uh i they do it in in different race series where you get a bonus point for leading a lap and you get a bonus point yep. for qualifying so this is uh that's actually pretty cool the rt it gives you a chance to stack up kind of like chits against your opponent that way if you don't win yep. you still have a bonus point you know yep. if you if you had a really good rt and maybe uh, if you're consistent and you keep getting the good RTs, you have enough in the end there that if you lose a race or two, you're still in the top contention with somebody that has crappy reaction times, but maybe ripping exactly. like, you know, two thirds of their races. So that's actually kind of cool. Yep. That actually puts a lot more strategy into it and uh, makes people have to get better at the other skills instead of just, hey, I'm going to, this bike's fast. I know I'm going to win. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yep. cool. That's and this way too, it, it, it makes it kind of a level playing field for every combination of bike that wants to run. Right. You know, it's not just, you know, the stretched turbo or nitrous bikes or just stack wheel based bikes. Yeah. Everybody is on the level playing field. I say, uh, hopefully that doing it this way now is maybe we can get more people out of the stands that have bikes to come and try to get on this list and yeah. try to run with us. 
Yeah, that'd as be... opposed to, oh, hey, I don't have a, I don't know, my bike isn't capable of running 750s. So I'll never make it to number one, so I'm not going to try. Yeah. Now all they got to do is get on a bike, come race with us, get a win, take a loss, collect some points, whatever you got to do, eat some Doritos and tacos with us, and just have fun. Yeah, the Doritos and tacos is definitely a, a side benefit of this uh, joining joining your your race league, but uh, you know what? That's true. You don't have to like make it onto just the ten anymore, which uh, could have been a barrier, I guess, for some or some people thinking, mm-hmm. ah, I gotta like get up to where I can get past ten first. You know what I mean? So that's that is yeah. uh, kind of eliminates the barriers to entry, so to speak. And, um, mm-hmm. that's a really good idea. I don't know who thought of it this time. I know Goldmeyer and, uh, was it Goldmeyer and Bellinger that thought of the series to begin with? And, mm-hmm. uh, it was a good idea, but man, this is really like taking it one step further. It, well, yeah. We're just, we're, we're trying to constantly evolve it to keep it interesting, to keep people wanting to come and play. Cause like we're not racing for a huge, like payout money to bring, you know, a, a ton of people up there. We're trying to keep it fun, keep it on a local level and bring motorcycle racing to an area of the state that's pretty rural and doesn't have a lot of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys probably have just as much of a chance as getting like Amish to race their wagons around there. Right. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's yeah, really gotta, they're up there. Yeah. You really gotta <laughs> make the racing available to people. Um, one other thing I was thinking of is that this also uh, is easier for me to track because I, I tell you, keeping track of two lists and one was updated right there on the spot <laughs> and one was updated a couple days later, and uh-huh. you know I was trying to, I was trying I'm to come trying out to with all the calls. Yeah, and, and you know when it was getting updated on the fly, as opposed to whoops, we messed up and we're gonna fix it like Monday, and I had already recorded the show or something like that. It was like, oh dang. You know, the 11th hour, uh, you know, edit there trying to get the results right because I didn't want people to go, hey, he missed me, you know. So that would, <laughs> this will be a lot easier for me to track. And um, I kind of feel like last year, I, or, you know, this year, I uh, kind of fell off a little bit because, um, well, I, A, I got a co- crazy co host and, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's all about the flat track. But, uh, I also Which is awesome in its own right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's awesome to have some insider information. But I also felt like every time I mentioned, "Hey, WIR is racing this weekend," it would all of a sudden come back. There was a flooded track. It was like the middle of August, and you guys were having like these torrential downpours. And I was going, "How does this yeah. happen?" Just because in <laughs> in Cali, that would never happen in August. You know what I mean? Right. Like I really didn't understand how how you guys were getting. Uh, drenched, you know, but you guys were having like hurricane monsoons and <laughs> all this crazy there, stuff. There was one, there was one event that it was like sunny and nice at the track. We started racing, then everybody got kind of got wind of something rolling in, so we're all looking at our phones, looking at the radar. And we're like, oh, there's like one cell that's like just north of here. We'll be okay though. What blew up into like the whole top half of the state was in like tornado warning. Yeah. And that was, I think I sent you a video of that one that was blowing across the road in front of me on the way home. Yeah, that was insane. And that was the one where I had recorded the show and, and I was releasing it that night. It was, you know, I had to go through all like the publishing and all that stuff. And when mm-hmm. it went out, I was tra- I was looking on Facebook to see who was updating what. And as soon as the show actually like went through all the process and published out is when that hit. And I was I like slapped myself on the like cheek. I was I did like the Macaulay Culkin. Did that really just happen? Did I really just publish this 
And moments later, they're posting like this hurricane going through, <laughs> or not a tornado, you know? Yeah. And yeah, we got uh, on the race, and then that it blew in and called it. Yeah, and and it was because of me. I mean, I I really feel like <laughs> I jinxed most of the the series this this last year. So I quit uh, talking I don't think about it's it. At all. Well, I don't know, man. It's, it was so much <laughs> of a coincidence. How could I not at least take a little responsibility? <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> You need to see how Wisconsin operates a little more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I know that you're like, dude, this is every every year. But um, did you hear me say it was 63 days ago? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I saw the pictures, and I was like, oh wow, I couldn't believe that you were out and and riding the bike. And I was like, holy crap! I thought it, I thought he'd be ankle deep in snow, you know, and and uh, you were gonna be here soon. So yeah, um, enough. Yeah, so I it is. It's it's funny, but man, I can't tell you. It's just so weird too that it. It would be a little drizzly during the week, but then guaranteed on Friday it would be raining. And I would be like, well, the WIR has happened tonight, and I'd publish a show. And then that night I'd look and go, God, it didn't happen tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to quit talking about it. I'm going to talk about it on the following week and say the results because I keep jinxing it. But, yeah, so I felt I feel like I like kind of quit – uh, being as prudent with it as I should be. So this next year, with this system that you guys are putting in place, it'll be a lot easier, I think, for me to it, follow. Yeah, I think just in general, I think it's just going to be easier, more fun, less cutthroat, and just better all around. Yeah, yeah. More Doritos, more tacos, and uh, more reason to race, really. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to get Goldmeyer on the show because I know he, he got busted up there toward the end. I don't even know what he was doing, but... Uh, is everybody going to yeah. be able to make it back for, for the first round next year? Yeah, I think, uh, I think everybody's like pretty much ready to go right now. There's only, only a few people doing some minor upgrades and changes, but we got a handful of other people that are going to be joining us now. So we got more racers and yeah, I think and it's going to be a good year. Now, last year you were running your, um, your Jixer, right? Yep. And so this year, do you have two that you're going to be running? No, I'll just be running the uh, the the GSXR, the Jixer. Yeah. I got I still have my old ZX9 that uh, I bust out once in a while to play with, but that's kind of the, the backup if something was to go wrong with the Jixer. Right. Something that's it's for not, it's not nearly as fast, but it's fun as hell. Right. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> going going fast always looks looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> so does that one have a name because i know cheap trick i mean that's that's a really good uh I, I love cheap trick i love the way it looks and i love that's a good name for it <laughs> does the uh, the zx have a name it's just always been called the nine it's just, i've always referred to it as just the nine huh. that's good Nothing fancy. yeah i think uh that, that that probably fits it pretty good um <laughs> michelle i mean she needs to like come up with a better name than just blue <laughs> so <laughs> She says that all the time. She's got to come up with a name, and I'm like, it'll, you know, it'll happen on its own. You know, you got to let it happen. Yeah, twenty. Saying that for like four years. I was just gonna <laughs> say, you can't wait like twenty years till it's like known as blue, and then like be all, oh my, my bike's name is like Charmer or something. So she should just, <laughs> she should call it Steve in honor of episode twenty four when, uh, <laughs> when she made her first appearance on here. Yeah, I'd love to get Who's Michelle. Yeah, it's Steve, Blue Steve. I'd love to get her back on the show and get Goldmeyer and get a few people before you guys start up next season and uh, 
God, just listen to the shit talking that happens. You know, I'd, I, I'd love to get you guys all on a conference call and just not in the same room because I don't want Doritos to be thrown. And, and I know you guys don't waste <laughs> them up there, but yeah, I'd love I to hear. Doritos smashed into my eye. Yeah. <laughs> that can take you out for a season. <laughs> You're like, hey, why do you miss the first three races? A horrible Dorito. <laughs> Doritis, man. It, it's a real. <laughs> But um, yeah, hey, Chris, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. But thanks so much for for sharing. If anybody has any, um, you know, if you guys need some motivation to get a bike finished, dude, this guy did it in eleven freaking days. I, I know most of you would be happy to do it in eleven weeks, but uh, Chris is able to rock him out. If you need to, go to Facebook and look up uh, Nitrous Chris. Is that your Facebook yep. tag? Yeah, you'll see all sorts of pictures. It looks like you got a rack now, so you're not breaking breaking your spine. And Best uh, thing ever. yeah, getting up off the floor. There's no need really to wear your pants out anymore. At, at you know, at our advanced ages, it's like knees are valuable. <laughs> so, yeah, they are. <laughs> and and lower back. So, but yeah, so you got a lot of good pictures in there. There's a lot of good shop pics, and I actually uh, I'm going to be doing something that you actually sent me probably last year. I'm just now getting around to putting um, the Nitrous Chris's garage tips up on our website. We got a few up there, one for cold weather storage. And um, we got a couple other good ones that you you sent me for, you know, just garage tips and tricks to keep your garage in order and keep everything clean. So I'm going to be adding those up there. And you can check out his Facebook page and see just how good his, uh, his space looks and how clean it is. I know some of you guys are, like, taking you know, leaf blowers and baby car seats and old blankets off of, you know, your bike before you can even get it out to work on it. You need to check out what a good functioning shop looks like. So go check out Nitrous Chris's Facebook page. Uh, check out the WIR Top 10 Bikes also on Facebook. And uh, you can you can follow everybody from there on Instagram as well. Hey, Chris. Yeah, join, join, participate. Yeah, man. Come out. Come do these races if you're in the greater Great Lakes area and you can make it to WIR or even the Grove once in a while. Uh, I would I would uh, implore you to come out and uh, and race these folks and get in now that you don't have to now that you don't have to pass their uh, sergeant at arms anymore to get on the list. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, thanks so much, and uh, we'll yak at you later. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. All right, you too. All right, what a cool guy. What a great interview. Chris Singsheim, building bikes in 11 days, folks. Tearing it all the way down to the frame and back up. 11 days. Um, The guy tears apart race bikes like you wouldn't believe, too, in between uh, weekends and all that great stuff. So uh, let's go to another interview with somebody who's got a really cool event coming up in February. Real quick, let's hear from the two yokels that we met at IMS, the wonderful guys from Icon Suspension. I'm Jeff from Icon Suspension. The history of our company uh, in motorcycle suspension spans more than 50 years. And in fact, this year, 2017, uh, we and Kony Shock Absorbers, which is where our heritage comes from, uh, celebrate 50 years of motorcycle suspension across the era of Kony and Icon suspension. Well, my name's Roger Kerwin. I'm uh, originally from Liverpool in the UK. I'm based in uh, Bedford, Pennsylvania and I run Icon Suspension USA. And uh, at our Bedford operation, at our US office, we supply the full range of Icon Suspension. Bike on with Icon. 
You know, that's what we want people to do. We want people to be able to be on their motorcycle and riding it because your ride matters. All right, check them out. Iconsuspension.com and Iconsuspensionusa.com. Let's get into our interview. All right, everybody, we are here with somebody that you know well from just a few episodes ago. We're back with Rick James, Rick Ortiz. I don't know what he's going to go by, but, and you can find him on Instagram. You can go back to episode 99. And we got a, we had the, you know, the pleasure of interviewing him at the Twisted Throttles event where he had some of his artwork going on uh, display there. And he's back with us today to tell us some important news. Rick, you want to take it away? Absolutely. Uh, hey, again, my name's Rick. Ortiz, uh, my middle name is James, and I got I got coined that a while ago, and uh, just been running with it, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, getting a lot more recognition out of that, of course, because I'm Rick James, bitch. That's how it works. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'm having an event coming out. It's actually my birthday, and it's uh, my birthday is February 22nd, but. The Saturday directly after that is February the 24th, and it's going to be at Legacy Brewing. And if you guys would like to come out, it's going to be a huge art show. I've got a lot of just, you know, it can't be all about me. Uh, i got to have some fun and have my friends there who are also artists. So I'm going to be including a lot of other artists, some pinstripers. Um, it's going to be all motorcycle-related. And so, you know, if you guys want to pick up some some cool art for your house and, uh, you know, some of it's ex- expensive, of course, uh, I'm I'm shooting for more of like a corporate style, um, you know, venue or, or a corporate style wall. So I, I have some really large art pieces. So, uh, of course, they're a little pricey, but I have um, prints and a lot of people will have prints there for you that are affordable. And, uh, you know, you can decorate your house with some cool stuff and uh, with some local stuff. And uh, we have a lot of great local artists from, you know, from L.A. to San Diego. And uh, I'm going to try to get quite a few artists in there. And um, I got my local guy who's going to be playing in the band, a band that we're hiring out. And his name's Anthony Collins. And if you don't know this guy, he's a 17-year-old prodigy blues player. And he's amazing. So he'll, he'll be playing that night. Again, that's, that's Legacy Brewing. And that is at 363 Airport Road in Oceanside. That's right off the 76, uh, right in Oceanside. If you're coming from the north or the south, just exit the 76. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. no, I uh, there's I think there's been a few things there. Uh, most people in in SoCal, at least San Diego area, should be familiar. That's a, this is a great venue. I've seen Rick stuff in person, so I you know coming from me, it sounds like. I'm just uh, bragging about you, but I've seen it in person, and I know that your your artwork is stunning. That was going to be really cool to to see some other pinstripers and stuff there. If you've never seen anybody do that sort of stuff in person or seen some really really good pinstripe work, it's it's awesome. So that sounds uh, really cool. What time are we uh, starting this thing off? You know, I believe we're going to set up. I'm going to start posting, and I'm going to start posting to um, uh, Instagram and. Let me tell you this first. Um, it's called Art Ride CA. You can find that on Instagram. So yeah, I'll, I'll be posting there the, the time and the poster. It should come out today, and I'm going to be heavily pushing that and boosting it. So um, I believe I think we're starting off at one o'clock, and uh, you know, going out through the evening. So again, we have bands, uh, lots of food. We have we have a food truck coming out. Uh, the guys, the guy's brand name for his. Her burger is full metal burger, and 
That's good. It's supposed to be this insane burger. I'm sure it is. I can't wait to try it. Anything with a name like that, it better it better live up to that name. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You better have a full metal belly if you're going to be eating that thing. <laughs> or a magnet of some sort. Yeah. No, that sounds good. I mean, this that whole thing, I, I love when you, know, when you pull the not only the biking community, but the creative community together. And it's at a brewery. Like that's a win, win, win. <laughs> so, it is. Yeah. It awesome. really is. So, yeah. You know, if you, if you guys aren't familiar with my art again, it's art ride CA. Uh, I'm a, I'm a mural painter and I've painted all over LA, uh, mainly commercial stuff. So you'll see a lot of stuff, but I love painting big. I've painted the side of buildings, you know, eight stories tall down to, you know, inside walls inside of like schools and things like that but you know these are things that that have been building up in my head for a long time and i really just need to get it out so i still paint as big as i possibly can uh but yet you know i still got to be able to house (laughs) these paintings so you know about four feet by four feet is about as large as i'm going i'm trying to get up to about eight feet by four feet now and uh but then again when it comes down to the end of the day i got to be able to uh, store these things so yeah. Uh, I, I go big as, as big as I can. So yeah, if definitely you come out to see it. If you buy run one of, uh, Rick's art pieces, you don't want to have to build a billboard outside your house to display it. That's but, right. But yeah, That's no, right. for sure. They're, they're a good size and they actually, um, I think I said it on episode 99, it would be awesome to have, you know, a wall in your house that you could dedicate to one of these things just because you wouldn't have to have 20 little things to hang up. You could just put this one monstrous, like awesome looking art piece. And the fact that we talked about it a little bit on episode 99, you paint a lot in acrylic and wood. So it's got this real like super decorative, but super like warm feeling to it where it just, it could look good against anything in in my opinion. But um, natural, natural and organic is what I'm going for. Exactly. It's a water soluble, you know, that's just the basis of being acrylic is water insoluble and water soluble and, you know, painting on a organic uh, background. I mean, that's just the way to go for me. I don't like to be, I don't like to be, to make anything that's toxic or, you know, something that's going to be the last around forever. So, yeah. And they look awesome because you don't, not nowadays, a lot of people don't really paint on different sort of weird medium like they were back when people were experimenting with, you know, textures and stuff like that. So it looks really bitching. All right. So Rick, is there any inspiration behind the whole art ride that you can tell us about? Absolutely. It's it's basically to draw more awareness to art in Oceanside and culture. But more importantly, uh, I have a buddy that's been, uh, he crashed on his motorcycle or uh, more importantly, somebody crashed into him while he was waiting at a red light. And, you know, you got to watch your mirrors when, you know, when you stop somewhere. So uh, he was hit from behind. He suffered um, a broken hip. He's since had a hip replacement. And uh, I think he broke his uh, his femurs. And, um, on top of it all, he had a heart attack and, uh, I think he lost his motorcycle shop and I really want to help out the guy. He's been a great, great guy in our, in our lives. And he's always been extremely helpful. And I know he's huge in the community and everybody loves him. Uh, but when you're down and out and people seem to disappear and fall off. So, uh, I really like to look out for the guy. Uh, so if you would please come out to our art show, it is at art ride ca on instagram and uh we you know we have a lot of artists that are going to be out there so i have skateboard decks that we're going to raffle off so we'll have each artist take a uh, skateboard deck and design it and we're going to raffle that sucker off man and there's going to be some cool stuff out there and if you don't have one of these skateboard decks 
they're amazing to have in your in your house, and they fit perfectly on the wall, and they're just a beautiful thing to have, uh, and a and a beautiful reason to have it up there. So Zorak's going to be there. He's already chimed in. Uh, Nate is going to be there. Uh, Mad Scientist, Law Tigers will be there. They're coming in big as they always do. Those guys are amazing. Thank you very much, Chuck, over at Law Tigers. Cruise Armor will be there. Um, KGB Radio, uh, of course, Creative Writing. You know, I've got um, I've got some other raffle pieces from Botto over at Chopper Kings, and um, you know, it's just on down the line. I'm pretty sure I can get Bigs Harley Davidson to get involved, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds. I mean, there's obviously a lot of community support. It sounds like it's for a good cause, and there's going to be a bunch of awesome stuff there, uh, whether you're a writer or not. So I'm really excited to attend this thing, and uh, I can't tell you how how glad I am to have met you and to be involved in stuff like this. It's really awesome. Hey, you know, this whole thing is a learning experience to me, and I'm learning and meeting a lot of great people. And every time, you know, I come out, there's always the motorcycle, the Harley Davidson motorcycle community is probably the best amount, the best people I've ever meet, met. And I've ridden a lot of motorcycles, and I've hung out with a lot of people. But I mean, really, it comes down to how cool the social community is. And uh, I really appreciate everyone out there. Yeah, absolutely. I can't agree more. Well, Hey, I'm excited for, you know, for February, this is making me usually a lot of people are, are down because that's usually when our w- quote winter is in SoCal. So this is going to be something lively to go to and uh, spice it up a little bit. So I'm super, super stoked that you're putting this on. Absolutely. So dress warm, everybody. I know how cold it gets here in California. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's going to be sick. All of our friends in Wisconsin are laughing right now because it's like negative <laughs> 40, you know. But yeah, it's going to be chilly for, for CA. But this is, this is going to be something definitely to look forward to. Brews, art, bikes, all that good stuff. Yeah, and a great cause. And, and a great cause. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's called Good Times Oceanside, California. That's what I'm renaming Oceanside. So yeah, yeah, come on down to good times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, on Instagram, it's Art Ride CA. Please come out. Please take a look at it on Instagram and uh, click the like button. Yeah, don't forget to follow that. Of course, we'll be following you. We'll be posting up uh, notes as they come in, and we'll be keeping track and keeping the listeners informed. So don't you guys worry. We'll be keeping track of Rick and Art Ride CA. Thanks, Rick, again for coming on. Hey, thank you very much, Larry. I'll talk to you very soon. And everyone out there, good to see you. I hope to see you guys soon. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you, Rick. That was Rick from Art Ride CA. Go check him out. Legacy Brewing 24th. Also, something else happening. You'll hear that at the end of the show when we do the events. But right now, let's get into bike building. We were talking about some rad bikes that you saw out of the track and some of the crazy stuff people had done and the fact that you admired them for taking their bikes out on the track. And I think something that we want to get into for the next couple of weeks, and we have Chris has got some really good ideas spiraling off of this as, as well as uh, so do I. I hope that we you know get to expand on this sort of like we did the Motor Challenge. Um, I wanted to talk about building bikes and I know that you and I both have some bikes that need some work. You've got 18 bikes that need work. I don't even know. How many bikes do you have? Nine? I think seven, but I haven't, I'd have to actually physically (laughs) count on my fingers. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't even have enough fingers to count all your bikes, but I only have 
too, and one of mine has fallen apart. You know what? I just noticed the other day too. My fucking handlebars are bent. I must have bent them <laughs> crashing at Verona. I didn't even notice it, you know, until like yeah. yesterday when I was I went out to ride and I was like, this looks so weird. And then I looked down and yeah, they're either they're bent or the uh, the little risers bent. So and yeah, I have seven. Yeah, okay. So you got seven. I got three run. I got two and a half and one and three, a half runs. Three run. Yeah. So we got some stuff to do. We got some stuff to work on. And I wanted to say I've been reading this book now for like two months, four months. I'm not going to lie. It's probably been six months. And it's called The Build. And I got it because it was all about building motorcycles. And I've built a couple, you know, nothing crazy fancy like making my own frame or none of that shit. But I have like modified quite a few since my SR is the one I've had the longest and kept, you know, whether or not I sold off other ones here and there, I've actually modified that thing a couple times uh, from cafe racer to just street bike to like little, you know, want to be flat street tracker now. And probably, I'm probably going to turn it back to like re- regular bike here pretty soon. But um, I've also like done some minor mods, but I've done also some crazy stuff. And I helped my friend like, build some CB tanks before where we were like cutting notches out of tanks and doing crazy stuff. And I never really did it. You know, I never really thought about what I was doing. We just kind of did it and went for a look and just did it. And it's, it was no bike XF, but the goal, my goal here is to get you guys at home from sitting around in your living room, watch, looking at bike porn on Craigslist or whatever to the front page of bike XF. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna do that. That that's gonna be our new motor, one of our new motor challenges for for 2018, is we're gonna get you started. So tonight is just a just a preview of the show, uh, of, of the challenge. I can't wait to read the Bike XF article. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shout out to Creative Writing for giving me the inspiration to build this thing. <laughs> right. And then the bike, <laughs> bike XF like ripping on every <laughs> single thing they did. Uh, so this week on the show. Obviously, I've mentioned what me and Chris have in the garage. We've got a few bikes that could use some TLC. Um, the book, The Build, you can go out and get that. I bought it on uh, Kindle. It was pretty cheap. I think it was like seven bucks or ten bucks. Um, and it's got some good tips, but it's not. It's nothing that you wouldn't see anywhere else. And it's nothing that it, it, it borders on cheesy. Sometimes it's it's one of those books that I think was not meant to read by. A motorcycle dude on a Kindle. It was meant for you to put on your coffee table and have people over to drink fancy beers and go, oh, a motorcycle book. Because I'm looking through it. They got some pretty legit builders. We'll cover that on another episode. Um, But I got some tips from a dude that legit builds bikes and has for a long time. He worked for Confederate. He worked for Harley Davidson. He's owned every single type of Honda in the world. His name is Dave Hargreaves, and he is the uh, co-owner and operator of Cerberus Moto down in San Diego. And we had a conversation over the phone uh, last summer, over the summer, about this sort of thing. I said, you know what? The winter is going to be coming up. I want to talk to people about building bikes because unless you live here in California where it's been in the mid-80s this week, it's going to cool down, dude. It's going to be mm-hmm. 79 uh, on Friday. So yeah. whew, getting into the wintertime yeah, of right. SoCal. <laughs> but um, it'll be like 40 in the morning. Oh, dude, it'll be 40. We'll be freezing. I was freezing this morning, and I looked at the thermostat, and it was 69. And I was like, <laughs> why is it so damn cold in here? Um, as my teeth were chattering. But um, everywhere else is like getting their first taste of snow. Oh, and yeah. winter is knocking. Christmas is like two weeks away. So, I mean, it better be snowing, you know, here. So 
I talked to Dave and I said, can you give me some tips? And he gave me six tips, three of them for bikes, three of them for the people. So we're going to run down this quick list. The first bike, or the first uh, tip for the bike, he said, know what your goal is. What do you want to build? Because certain bikes lend themselves to certain styles. And you can't just go, he said, you know, people love to do it. People love to read that story where the guy took a freaking Triumph and turned it into a chopper. And they used to do them in the 70s when Triumphs were like pre-unit, like yeah. almost like a Harley was. And But nowadays, like you take your Triumph uh, 675, some triple, and try to make a chopper out of it. It's not going to work. not going to work. You're going to basically be tearing the whole thing apart and you could use the motor, but you know, other than that, that's not a building a bike off of that. Bike. And I think, you know, a lot of those guys that you see that that are really good, you don't understand the eye and the talent that they have to actually oh. pull off things that are challenging, right? Like that and the toolery that they have. Yes, there's also that. And in the build, one of the guys, I believe it was John Ryland, actually said, you know, sometimes I look at something. And I really, my brain starts to go in all these directions of what's possible. And then my logic kicks back in and I realize what I can and can't do. Because even he admits that he's not a crafter of certain, you know, he's not a uh, proficient at certain parts of crafting. So he sticks to what he's good at. And I think that that's probably important. Uh, The second part is to get inspired. And this is for bikes, very important. Um, Go to the internet to get some inspiration. But obviously, like we just said, don't go to that crazy guy that took everything's bespoke and he has has a crazy, yeah. you know, bridge port in his barn that you don't know about. And he's like pumping every single piece out. But also see what patterns pop up. So like Harley Choppers might pop pop up a lot, or CB750 Cafe Racers, Yamaha XS Bobbers. And there's a reason for that. And I never thought of this until Dave said it. I thought any bike can be anything. Don't let your don't let them hold you back, but it kind of goes to what's your goal because uh, certain bikes do lend themselves to certain styles just because of how the frame and the motor and everything is set up. Mm-hmm. And as a result of them being part of the bike um, conscious f- f- as that, you're probably going to find a hell of a lot more Yamaha bobber parts aftermarket and like one-off from people than you are like a Honda CBX or something like that chopper. You know what I mean? It's possible, but you you might actually find parts for bikes that have been in this niche for a long time. Well, and if it's something you do for fun that you're not an expert at, like if you pick a bike that's almost halfway there, so like a CB750 Cafe Racer, you don't have to do a lot to it. Bolt-on. It, you can yeah, bolt on. it's a lot of bolt-on. And even if you're fabbing and stuff, like the overall style of the bike is almost there. So it, it kind of, I mean, you know, and those are the style of bikes that they were doing originally. But so it, it almost gets you like part of the way there. Right. Um, you know, if you're trying to build a chopper out of a CB750, like it's possible. And it was done, but there's a lot of frame modifications to do it, it you know, depending yeah. on what style you want. But yeah, you're depending on, you know, the amount of money, which is one of the, the other three steps that we're going to get into. You know, anything's possible if you have a million dollars and all the time yeah. in the world. But if you if you just take a CB750 and look at it, the bike's telling you what it wants to have done to yeah. it. And a lot of Nortons and stuff that had the feather bed frames, they they have that stance. And that's yeah. something that a lot of people talk about in the book, um, The Build. They all talk about the, the backbone or the stance or the line. There's like a whole chapter devoted to it. 
And it's how the bike is shaped. And, you, and if your bike isn't shaped, if it's shaped like a chopper and you want to make a, a cafe racer, you're going to be like putting the frame at the exact 180 degree um, angles as it was supposed to be, you know, that it was designed for. So that leads us to step three, which is what's available. Um, if you're looking for parts, OEM or aftermarket, they need to be available. You need to have them around because I've had a one-off stuff and it's a pain in the ass when it breaks um, or it's a pain in the ass if you make a one-off thing and it breaks and then you've chopped that uh, where you could have got an OE part and just bolted mm-hmm. it right on, but instead you modified the frame somehow. So I, I have never done that, but I've done one-off stuff, broke it, and it's like, God dang, now i got to go back to the thing and make another one-off part. Well, even... Like I'm not necessarily a bike builder. I wouldn't call myself that at all. But my race bike has a lot of like custom little stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my right side foot control comes to mind right away. It mounts to the stock mounting holes. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't reinvent anything. I didn't weld anything. I didn't change anything. Like it mounts to the stock spot on the motor just like it did from the factory. Mm-hmm. So if I break my part that I made, I can still bolt on a yeah. stock one. So it, it's that kind of simplicity is nice. Yeah, and you can get, like for my SR, for instance, I got a pair of R6 rear sets off of eBay, and the holes were just right. I had to make some brackets, Mm -hmm. and that's all it took to adapt them to it, and I didn't have to like weld up the frame or like do anything special, and if I laid it over and broke it off, I could put the stock footrest back on because I haven't messed anything up. Right, that's very good. Um, you gotta you gotta keep what's available in mind unless you have a shop and you and you're gonna be making one off parts every time you break something. And if you're doing some kind of especially cafe racer, like look at late nineties sport bike stuff. Um, not necessarily like frame and motor, although you could do that. You can always go a little more retro, but a benefit too or something to consider is how reliable is the bike gonna be when it's done. And if you take something more modern and make it look retro. You can still ride it like a modern bike, um, but my point was like like you said, foot controls. You know, old late nineties R six or CBR foot controls that bolt onto the frame with two bolts. If you can just make the bracket, and then if you crash the bike, you can buy another set of foot controls. In worst case, okay, you can't find those R six foot controls. They probably made race ones, and a lot of those companies still make race rear sets. So yeah, and the more and more people that are buying up old newer stuff that's like that other stuff should be available now at salvage yards and stuff like that he mentioned uh dave specifically called out the cx 500 which is kind of like i've seen a few of those done kind of hipstery like oh it's like a honda Mm -hmm. v twin thing with like the you know he said it was a horrible piece of crap when it was brand new yeah and it's a horrible piece of crap now because there's no parts available and everybody that finds those motors if you don't have a spare, then you're out of luck because they're super specific. They have, they're, you know, they like are, a Guzzi. and they didn't, yeah, it's definitely like a Guzzi style twin, but the tranny they, is super specific. You know, yeah, they mean? only put them in like those bikes. I don't think they mm-hmm. really used them in anything. The benefit, I think, to Hondas is for a long time they still made parts, but I know when old man Honda passed away, that kind of quit. Yeah. But when he was alive, they made parts. You could get parts for every single motorcycle they had ever made. Yeah. Dave and I talked about that at length um, when he was talking about because he loves Hondas and so CBs. He was saying that the CB750 valve adjusters are the same adjusters they use on the Honda Civic up to like ninety, up to like two thousand two or something. Oh, cool! It's the same screw and, and nut. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The little. Adjust- He's like, dude. So and it's the same size and everything. It's the same part number. And so mm. 
if you know where to look, because you yeah. can't find them for motorcycles anymore, but if you know that and you know Honda like he does inside and out, you can say, hey, I know they still make these. It's funny. A friend of mine races CRX like cars, and one of the hot rod things is they put bike valves in them yeah. and valve springs. That's right. But Honda's really bad about part numbers being different for the exact same part. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with their idea, but... You know, you could have two identical parts. Like I do know because I had to do one one time. Like a CBR nine two nine axle nut and axle block is exactly the same as a mm-hmm. CRF four fifty. Yeah, <laughs> different numbers. It's funny because Harley sometimes when you're looking through the catalogs, you'll see a Buell number in there, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh crap. You know, like I never saw Harley part numbers in Buell catalogs, but I'll see yeah Buell part numbers in Harley catalogs for like nuts and stuff. So it's funny, but. Another example he gave me was the FT500 Ascot and its box of rocks. And that's referring to the starter. They had no kicker on that bike. It was electric start only. And there was four uh, separate shafts coming, or four gears that came from the starter to the starter clutch. And they had a tendency to shear off. And since there's no backup kickstart on that thing, you would just hit the starter button and he said it sounded just like a box of rocks. The VT500 was the same. Yeah, I was so, going to say, the benefit of that bike though is the XR500? The the FT and the VT500. Okay, they, so those are the Ascots. But they put that motor, like that single cylinder 500 in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, it didn't change but maybe that starter thing changed. Yeah. It could be because it might have been specific to that tranny, those but two trannies. Some of those have conversions. I know for the CBX, the... Uh, this, the alternator or the, the generator was bad. The alternator was was junk, I guess. The bushings or the brushes, I mean, always went bad. And they make a conversion to put like some different Kawasaki one on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the guy this weekend at the track had that. I've seen a lot of CBX people that a lot of diehard original guys frown on it. But guys that ride their bikes are like, no, we, we swap them. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff like that that you can find too. Yeah. And we'll get into this in later episodes, like the advanced like stuff that you're going to need to know. But you will become sort of a pro, if depending on how deep mm-hmm. you get into shit, you'll become a pro on like crossover items. Um, the last part of the knowing what's available tip that he gave me for bikes is to know what recalls from that year uh, take them into account. I mean, if you're going back and buying like a late '90s or early 2000s bike, and there's a recall on it, uh, the the VFRs is what he gave me an example of. Like the updated VFR motors maybe weren't serviced via recall, and there might be they might need to be serviced via mm. that recall. So um, either that or you know, you, your but there's something catastrophic wrong with your bike, and you don't know because you just got it. And back in the day, it was like the reason people were flying off in the middle of corners. So I never ever thought of going back and looking at service data and recall data for old yeah. bikes. I figured if they've been around that long, they made it right. So yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea because uh, I forget what the VFR example was that he gave me, but it was a pretty specific thing, and it was like you can't go back and get those now because the newer ones have been updated and you don't have those parts like they it was a specific enough thing to do it where it's like messes it up so uh and it makes it unavailable i guess um the third the the last three steps these these all apply to you this is not talking about the bikes anymore this is this is now you uh the first one is to set a budget and whether you're doing 500 bucks or 10,000 bucks he said expect to add 50% of that to your total. So if you got a $1,000 budget, 
50% of that's 500. So now you got a $1,500 budget that quickly goes up the higher your numbers go. Because right. if you have a you know, $2,000 budget, now you're at $3,000. So the more money you have to spend, the more money you probably will end up spending mm-hmm. because you're going to need you're going to need it to either fix, adapt, or do whatever to your bike if you're going to make it yours. Um, the second one is inspirational goal. Look at a picture of a bike in the style that you want your bike. Look at a bunch of cafe racers if you want to build a cafe racer, and hopefully you followed the first step from from the uh, the other list, which is like don't get a chopper if you want to build a cafe racer and yeah. say, I'm going to turn this thing into a sweet cafe Although racer. Although there is a ton of stuff out there if you have a rubber mount sportster or a sportster at all to make a cafe racer. Oh, yeah. Some of my favorite cafe racers are sportsters, like the uh, like mid-'90s and stuff. Um, Some of my says, favorite flat trackers are sportsters too. That's true. <laughs> so look at a picture of a bike in the style that you want and then don't touch your bike for 30 days. And we were joking around, we called this the tattoo test, right? You want to tat. Otherwise, yeah. uh, he says, if you absolutely don't like the way it looks, don't start modifying it because you've like talked yourself out of maybe a fad that you were seeing. Look at it and keep looking at bikes that look like what you want your end bike to look like. And then if, if you're just like, why was I thinking? And the reason it's called the tattoo test is because you don't want to be riding around town on the Tasmanian devil, like that crappy yeah. tat that you got when you were drunk at the bar at the bar one night. So ain't nobody want a Tasmanian devil tattoo, you know. Sorry if you have a Taz tattoo, but you made bad life choice. Oh, my tattoo choice would have would have offended way more people than a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> um, and the third one for the person is to ask stupid questions. Don't be afraid to ask any questions because it'll be the dumb one that you don't ask that ends up costing you in the long run because every other one might have a really obvious answer. The dumb question might be the one that leads you down the path to success. And uh, so that was his three tips. My, uh, I actually have quite a few tips from uh, listener... Chris Singsheim, he sent them in last year, and he's actually sent us in some videos and some pics of his setup. And so we're probably going to be posting that online as part of this deal. And uh, we have some pretty fun and cool, interesting stuff coming up for 2018. Of course, we're not uh, we're not saying bye for the year yet. There's a couple episodes left, but uh, I think we're going to start having some real success helping you guys uh, in 2018. So if in return, if you could help us out, that'd be great. Um, we might be starting up some some new fun stuff uh, in 2018. But for sure, tell a friend about the show and uh, tell a friend, listen, these guys kind of know what they're talking about. Chris does fun stuff at least that you guys <laughs> could hear about. So, and um, if, if Yeah, you, but if you guys help our listener base grow, we can do more fun stuff. Yeah, I know. We can do, I've already talked to some listeners about meetups and stuff like that. And that could be problematic if you're not in SoCal because <laughs> we're yeah. both in SoCal. Yeah. But uh, we might expand out. And uh, I haven't talked to Wiggins about this yet, but um, I, I've had a proposition for Uh-oh. a challenge. And I, I may, Uh-oh. depending on if, if the old lady says it's all right, there's always that factor I have to worry about, but uh, we will. Uh, Are we moving? Yeah. Oh well. You're, you're moving. I hope this you're, pays well. You're moving in with me, and we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll talk to you about it off air. But yeah, but I do think too. Um, you know, for the people listening, like I'm. Especially early in the year, if you guys are going to the one show, the race, I don't think I'm going to go to the show, or the Flat Out Friday Mama Tried, um, I will be racing both of those events. So 
come down and say hi and tell me you listen to my show or Larry's show, I sh- should say. That's yeah, our show. And and then um, tell me that I suck, but please don't hit me. <laughs> Those are my only requests. I mean, you don't have to tell me I suck. You can, I mean, that's if it's your opinion. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, he got his first hate mail, and it's, it really got to him. So hey, Chris Singsheim set us straight. It's not Coke syrup, it's soda syrup. You know what I have to say about that? Meet me in Wisconsin, and we'll we'll have a Coke together. Yeah. <laughs> You mean a soda <laughs> or a beer, a yeah. Coke or a beer, or uh, both, or a, or a Jack and Coke? Yeah. So hey, the Christmas uh, holiday is coming up, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, or Festivus, whatever the hell you're into, Saturnalia. I don't know, but um, we asked on the Facebook page and I think on Instagram, send us your rad eBay score. So far, we have well, I didn't get it on eBay. It was an Etsy, but it was a motorcycle. Uh, memorabilia made from motorcycle parts. So that kind of counts. That's Rich from Loud Pipes. Uh, Jennifer from Cerberus Moto scored an easy up on eBay for like 50 bucks, like a super pricey one. $700 shipped? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) $50, (laughs) hashtag $700 shipped. Um, But yeah, so she scored something on there. Uh, I got some, I've been doing some eBay shopping for real cheap, probably Chinesium shit that'll probably last you know, two miles. We'll see some good eBay shopping yeah. lately. So yeah, Chris and I on project bike stuff, right? That's what mine is too. Yeah. I didn't buy like toilet paper on eBay. No, no folks. I was buying bike shit cause I need to get, yeah, obviously you buy toilet paper on Amazon. I know. Duh. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, send us your stories. What did you find on eBay? And, uh, we're, we'll be listing that cause maybe you got a good holiday idea for somebody and, uh, we'll post it up after the holidays. So that you have twelve months to think about how you failed. So you know what'd be a good listener challenge? Buy something cool on eBay and send to the show. Mm. <laughs> I like this. I like where this challenge is going. Right. <laughs> so hey, folks, uh, December 9th and tenth, the classic flat track and track days. You heard all about it here on Creative Writing. Uh, Chris really had a good time out there this weekend, the 16th. If you are in town, Lucky Wheels Garage is happening here in SoCal. Uh, that's Lucky Wheels is down on Mission. Uh, pretty cool. It looks to be, it's called the Good Luck Show, and it looks like they're going to have a lot of pretty cool bikes of all different styles out there. Uh, also happening on the 16th, uh, cheer on JD Beach and Briar Bauman at the Super Prestigio in the Palau San Jordi Stadium, I think is how they say it over there in France. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the 31st, SoCal Cycle Swap. And also the Run to the Roses, which goes from Colorado Boulevard past all the rich hobos, is what I call the people camping out there on Colorado Avenue waiting for the parade to start, up to Newcomb's Ranch and back in sub-zero temperatures. If you guys are lucky, creative writing might be there. Yeah. I'm going to try and go. Hey. I'm also going to try to go. The last time I went, uh, I had my hands got so cold, I had to slide them off the grip sideways. So bring nice gloves or heated gloves if you got them. I don't. It was it was legit. It was twenty three. Maybe up I there. can put dirt it was, bike handguards on my Ducati too. Yeah, it was like New Jersey temperatures up there. Oh yeah, you, you go up in the hill. Okay, guess pretty good, huh? Yeah, it's. I forget what the elevations up there like ten thousand feet. I got some good icon stuff. Good hashtag plug, icon. Plug in sponsors. Hashtag plug in sponsors. Uh, January thirteenth, the Veggie Plate Classics happening out at uh, Paris uh, Speedway, and also February. Third, 
Veggie Plate Classic 2 or Hand Shifter Edition? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, handy Plate Classic. I'll think of something good for that, and, and I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> we'll probably think of it on the 4th. Yes, exactly. Uh, also, February 9th, the one show in Portland, Oregon. You're going to be there doing some cool flat track stuff? Yeah, they actually have uh, Friday they're doing Enduro Cross. Oh, rad. So except for the fact we're only racing once this year, that's rad. Yeah. The last two years, there's been like a... Enduro Cross on Trusty. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening February 13th? Absolutely nothing. January 13th. February 13th, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, the well, 24th. February 13th is... Uh, like a Monday. Every guy's most stressed out day of the year, right? Oh, my God. Valentine's is the day after that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm stressed about it just hearing hearing about it. You brought up the 13th. And I mean, It stressed me out Why just you I, saying that day. February 13th. Oh, my God. I'm going to commit suicide. Is it on a Friday? Because it sounds like it should be Friday the 13th. Let's see. The one show is on the 9th through 11th. So that's Friday's hard. Oh, my God. It's on the middle of the week, too. It's on hump day. Oh. Hey, when Valentine's is on hump day, <laughs> that ain't too bad. Uh, February 24th, um, you're going to be at Mama Tried uh, doing uh, smoky burnouts on Coke syrup. Maybe. Or Dr. Pepper syrup. <laughs> or soda syrup. Okay, soda syrup. So, yeah, so the one show, there's... So it's kind of weird. So if anyone's going, I know some misfits are going, so come say hi. But the Enduro Cross is in Salem, Oregon, which is about 45 minutes from Portland. What they've done before for the actual one show race, they had a bus go down. But uh, then there's a show, and you can... Last year the show was pretty big, but you could spend a few hours and see pretty well everything at the show. There's they're gonna put a bunch of artwork up. I know Nate Bickham's going up. Rad. Um, some of his buddies are going up and racing. And uh but the the race is usually pretty good. So I know they're doing the Enduro Cross Friday, flat track on Saturday. All right. And then And then you're only gonna race the Enduro Cross, right? Yep. Yep, the oval Enduro Cross. Yes. And then the flat out Friday is twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay. And that, I believe, is the Milwaukee Bucks arena again this year. Um, it was last year. So that was pretty rad. So if you, if you don't want to freeze your tiptoes off, you can come down to SoCal. Uh, Legacy Brewing, you heard him talk about it earlier, Rick James and the art ride. Uh, so everything he said in that interview is uh, legit, and it's going to be going down. I'm going to be there, Legacy Brewing. Um, Chris is going to be... Man, you're you're not gonna be cold because you're gonna be on Coke syrup. Yeah, but uh, once you get outside, man, what are you gonna it's do? It's cold. Yeah, what are you gonna do uh, up there? I don't How know. do you keep from freezing when you're like walking around the city? You know what's funny is like we ride motorcycles through town. Oh my god! It hasn't snowed crazy yet. Bubble, are you like in trash bags and bubble wrap and like no, anything? We don't go that far. Oh yeah. But uh, Milwaukee's that cool that we just ride our no headlight sportsters yeah. through town. <laughs> They're like, hey, a couple of bikers, eh? Yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> Out for a rip, eh? <laughs> it's Harley's in Milwaukee. That's They love it. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Mama tried a big show. And on Sunday, they try to do like an ice race on Sunday, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I don't know if I'm taking two bikes and two sets of wheels and all that jazz. Do what I do. One bike for Ride your bike there, race it, <laughs> crash it, and then ride it home. And then ride it home. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Creative Writing. If you want to check us out on the Instagrams, uh, we're at Creative Writing Podcast. Uh, also on Facebook at Creative Writing Podcast and on the web, www.creative-writing.com. Where can we find you at, Wigs? Uh, Wham and Wiggins. I think the same place. Hashtag Hooligan Jesus for president. Hey, we also, um, 
we got to give Caroline a shout out. She sent oh you some God. free artwork. Yeah, speaking of artists on this show, uh, Caroline Perone is sent us some. She you know she sent me a picture. It has creative writing. It has a guy doing some flat track on some creme brulee, and um, actually I think that's a coffee. I think it's coffee. Too. And uh, yeah, awesome. I love her stuff. She's at Caro seventy four happy. I think so. Yeah. I'll get it right. I'll put it in the show is notes. Is there an underscore somewhere? Nope. Okay. Not that I We've know. We talked about her before on the show. So if you're a longtime listener, first time caller, yeah, then you know. But we just want to say thanks. Like, you know, we I guess she thought we supported her by by making everyone look at her stuff, and I guess we did. So she supported us and sent us a, a rad painting. She actually sent a bunch of stuff. Um, I bought some stuff. Um, my little buddy Jasper, his dad bought some stuff. Um, she, Fonzie bought some stuff and Ed Subius bought some stuff. So yeah, Caro 74 happy C A R O. It's uh, short for Caroline and yeah, she does some pretty rad stuff. Check her out. And she's right up there with Nate and you yeah. know, with the uh, S A E underscore C A or art ride C A with Rick. They're doing just awesome moto art. Thank you guys so but, much. And, but thanks for, for sending us some too. That's super rad. And uh, it reminds me though. We dropped the ball on Instagram shout out of the week. I know we did it. Uh, I figured it's the holidays. We haven't done the word of the week or the Instagram, and I actually have something for that. I'll Uh-oh. talk to you about it off air. Uh oh. You got a cool sign off? Uh, that's your that's sign your off. <laughs> you know, the other morning I'm driving. It was like four in the morning. And these little three big old raccoons crossed the street. And then, like, right after that, there was a coyote. He was, like, chasing them or something. And they didn't know it yet, but they were about to be coyote snack. I'm just waiting for the day where, like, I see a bear cruising down the street, you know? Like, come down maybe from the fires or on trash day. It's funny how interested people become when they don't know anything about you. Yeah, I'm going to start sending people pictures of my boobs. So hopefully they, <laughs> they that's return for, the That's favor. only for the Patreon subscribers. That's true. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Mark Atkins is Rusty Butcher? Yeah. They're pretty, I mean, he's doing pretty good. Viffer, where are you? We need a cool sign off. <laughs> <laughs>